when we are thinking about moving to cloud there is a lot of uh, strategy and there is a lot of people and process technologies have to come together everybody is going to be talking about some of their priorities and it is always good to have a facilitator to do this You're listening to Azure Success, the podcast by and for Azure professionals. Listen in and you'll be sure to speed your customer's march into the cloud. And now, your host, Lois Berman. Hello and welcome to another episode of Azure Success, the podcast by and for Azure professionals. I'm very pleased to have my colleague, Jake Kumar, here today. I should say, Young Jay Kumar. Kumar means young in some Indian dialogue. He'll have to explain. Although he is not that young, I think. I mean, you're not that <laughs> old, but you're not that young, right? I am not that young, but the name stays. There you go. I'm of an age where any advantage I get, particularly to be taken for younger, I'm going to take. So anyway, we're here today to talk about Azure CAF, or maybe it's just Microsoft CAF. I don't even know the name. Why don't you explain what CAF is? And I'll try to not annoy you as the entire thing goes on. Just do your thing. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes people may think that because of our current season, we may actually mistake CAF for Corona and flu season, but it's not really that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's not have anything Corona on this talk. We might. Absolutely, yeah. We will stay uh, unless the that. beer, which unfortunately I think is out of business. So. Yeah. <laughs> So what is the cloud adoption framework, I guess? So cloud adoption framework is Microsoft's one voice around how we are actually helping customers to come into cloud and adopt cloud business. So right now we know that we have lots of customers looking into digital transformation and the business is such that we have technology omnipresent and customers are actually looking at different ways of doing things, how they can improve the existing products and their customer experience. And there is also thoughts around how we can actually improve technology, how we can make more money out of the business, all kinds of things. So cloud adoption framework is actually a not very simple thing in terms of like people think we can actually take and move to cloud. That's not really the way we work. It's a union of people, processes and technologies. So we just need to have all these things coming together when we make an organizational change. So cloud adoption frameworks addresses all these things. And then we will address all these aspects in an organization, how we can make the change, how we can bring people together, how we can transform the business. That's all about cloud and the CAF framework. Now, it's a big thing, right? I mean, how does one even start to approach it? Yeah, so there are multiple steps in doing this. So depending on your organization, sometimes people may be a little bit ahead of the curve. They may already have assets in the cloud. Some of them may be very new to cloud. So there is a place for everybody here. So we start with the strategy session for those guys who are all very new to cloud. Come to the cloud and then we think about why are we doing cloud? What are the drivers? What are some of the motivations around doing this? And then we have the next phase as the plan phase where you actually look at your digital real estate. We look at the current technologies, we map into possible technologies that we can adopt. And then once that is done, usually we go to a ready phase where there is actually a readiness factor. Like it is basically making sure that within the organization, there is consensus, there is all sorts of collaboration happening across technology skill sets. The assets are to be aligned. People have to come together. All that is ready. And then we define a first project for the adoption. 
and that is called a landing zone. We actually create a landing zone for this. And then the next stage is called adoption. And the adoption can actually fork into two different ways. It could be like a plain migration thing, or it could be something like a innovation track. So basically, in some cases, what we do is just lift and shift and migrate as it is. Or we could think about using some of the five R's of migration. We call it rehost, refactor, rearchitect, retire. Could one of those be really? That sounds like a lot of R's. <laughs> there is a lot of arts, yes. Yeah, there is really, really doing this. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we could do that. And then that's the innovation phase. Like the adoption is pretty much rehosting. So depending on where they want to do and the motivations behind that. So let's say if technology change and product modernization is their driver, then probably they may go for innovation. If they are actually a data center exit criteria, then they will probably go for a rehosting, right? Just like they take everything and go into the cloud, right? And then there are two other tracks, which is called governance and management. Now there's lots of pieces, right? For instance, there is documentation and videos and do step A, step B, step C. Could you talk about the pieces that come in the cloud adoption framework? Yeah, this is the process of how we do it. It doesn't say what we are doing. And there are also, we provide tools for doing certain innovation stuff and decision-making process. For example, how do we do a digital real estate? So we go into the customer's environment. We take what is out there. So we need to do a data collection and inventory control and things like that. So we do several tools. For example, Azure Migrate is one of the good tools that we have in Azure. We can actually install an agent on-premises and start tracking what you have and build a portfolio of what we have. Or there are other third-party tools that we can use. So that'd be like a Movere thing, in other words, but yeah, we absolutely. have our own tool? Yep, absolutely. Right. Movere is a pretty good tool. So we can use one of those. And then that is in the planning phase when you're building up stuff for the migration. And there is also a cloud economics assessment process that we actually use some partners to help us with that provides the customer like an end-to-end feel around how this is going to cost them. What is the total cost of ownership? What is the steps involved? So they all actually use their you know intelligence off of the cloud adoption framework. It could be in one or two phases, but there are tools that we provide. And obviously, when we go into the governance and the monitoring of Azure, we also have our native tools such as Azure Monitor and for security and analytics we have. Azure Security Center or Sentinel or all kinds of tools, or we can bring third-party tools as well. Now, this is a facilitated thing, right? This is not something that they necessarily can pick up themselves, or have I missed that entirely? Could a client just pick up the calf and do it themselves? Usually, if they are very new to cloud, then it's a little bit of a learning curve here. There is a ton of documentation that we provide. If you go to aka.ms slash adopt, you will quickly hit the CAF framework documentation. And we have lots of videos that help them to learn about that. But obviously, when we are thinking about moving to cloud, there is a lot of strategy and there is a lot of people and process technologies have to come together. Everybody is going to be talking about some of their priorities. And it is always good to have a facilitator to do this. And I think in that perspective, it is always good to have somebody driving this for them. Now, I haven't checked, but I assume there's an AKA MS slash CAF URL. 
it's adopt instead of CAF. Okay. So I guess that's a way to be at the jumping off point for all of it. Well, so it sounds pretty good. I've attended a bunch of meetings around it. I've talked to you about it. But why, as a customer, would I want to adopt this, right? We're already going to the cloud. I mean, you're a cloud solutions architect. Do you specialize in app and info? Can I just say, hey, Jay, get me in the cloud? Or maybe I have my own internal people. Hey, I want to get in the cloud. Why should you go with CAF instead of anything else? Yeah, so depending on the maturity model of the customer or the maturity level of the customer, they could be, let's say they are in a high maturity, high growth phase. In that scenario, they are already in the cloud. They really probably not need the cloud adoption framework, but they need a governance model in some cases, right? They're already mature. They probably don't need the governance, but if they are not mature enough in their processes, one of the things that happen is that the customers can go into a cost overrun or a sort of unstructured way of doing things and governance is always an issue. So it doesn't mean that we have to go through the end-to-end process for every customer. This is a framework that all of us can use as cloud solution architects and apply in whatever phase the customer is, right? So obviously it need not be applied all the time, but it is usually very much helpful at the time when they are coming into cloud. And it actually gives a common understanding of the customer for the customer around the whole process and what to expect, where they lie, all kinds of things like that. So we just need to have this kind of a overlay of the process for them to idealize their situation. Got it. Got it. So I have a bunch more questions for you, but firstly, I really want to talk about really expensive speakers. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. it turns out that Jay and I were talking with a group of our CSAs. It was the last Friday, I think. Somehow audiophileness came up. And it turns out you used to be quite the audiophile until your wife, well, you'll tell us, what did your wife do? Firstly, <laughs> what is an audiophile? Why were you? And how did your, what you termed user acceptance tester, make that less palatable? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a good question, <laughs> Luis. So you know, audio file is somebody who actually is so much passionate around the audio. And there is a video file equivalent of that. The audio file people actually go and then find out the best technology, the best tools to provide the rich experience that the audio, when you listen to music or movie or whatever, you get the best experience as the director actually envisioned for the output to come out. So there are so many things like the Dolby Digital type of speakers that you can buy. Like there is 7.1 speakers, there is Dolby Atmos, all kinds of speakers. So translation, expensive and expensiver, I believe. Yeah, expensive. You can always spend one month of your money on this, actually. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> wow, whatever, that's the limit. There are like very, very expensive speakers and gold-plated contacts and all kinds of things. that You can also buy shielded cables. People like even worry about the interference on the signals that's going to the cable into the speaker, like the speaker wires, right? I'd be ashamed to have non-shielded cables, just the horror (laughs) of it alone, just thinking about it. So I just want for our listenership, we're not merely technology folks, you know, we have lots of very interests. Well, it sounded very, very palatable until you guys started talking about the money about it. And it's like mortgage audio, mortgage (laughs) audio, you know, (laughs) it's a lot of money. You got your priorities, right? So basically what happened to me is that I was asking my wife to test out all these things. Obviously, she's very interested in the music and all that. 
but beyond a certain point there is nothing much of a difference you can for the standard year you don't get that kind of bang for the buck actually so she was my user acceptance tester and the project manager and also the sponsor maybe <laughs> so <laughs> it was a catastrophe all so, calf terms by the way <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah so she said okay enough of this and then we are shutting down this project <laughs> yeah wow well let's not shut down calf so let's talk about the next thing we've talked about what it is a little bit and why the customer should be interested in it but i'm very interested in how you make the sale to the customer. I know it's not a thing you're spending money on, but how do you convince the customer that CAF is worth their time? Yeah, so the first thing that we always do is like educate them about CAF, right? So in the senior leadership, when they are trying to go into cloud and do the migration process, nobody wants to just do a random bunch of stuff, right? They don't want like have their developers go sideward or like, you know, do any direction and then start doing it and usually happens is that when the cloud came in first time, developers were so much happy that they have an environment that they can orchestrate and play with. And so suddenly the cost of the company, they are going to have an overrun on their budget with the people just creating stuff and then playing with that. So there has to be a purpose for what we are doing these things. So we just need to clearly identify and define the intent, the motivation, the business outcome, all that kind of stuff, right? So that is the value of this. Like basically, it actually aligns the thought process. It actually brings everybody together. It provides that project plan. Um, it gives visibility to what they're doing, all kinds of things. And so that's kind of pitch that we need to do for this executive leadership pretty much. And what sort of person would you likely pitch at an organization? A business person, a technical person, a who do you talk to and have the most likely success? This actually has to come from the CTO type person or the CIO. And those guys have to think about, like, first of all, if they are not even thinking about digital transformation, it starts with a digital transformation discussion, right? We are talking about technology being omnipresent everywhere and changing the way we do things and doing a lot of disturbance in there disruption, for example. So they have to really think about, you know, that the Microsoft philosophy around like engage your product, engage your customers, innovation of products, like engage your employees, all kinds of things that we do for bringing the company to the next level, right? So when we talk about technology, we also thinking about how we modernize the shop and then for different reasons. Like So we just talk about these things. And then once these technologies are buying into this idea of going to a digital transformation, especially in the cloud, they need to get the support from their business partners. So we just need to help them out to sell this to their business folks. And then once the strategy is set, then we will talk to our next level of you know, management, specifically the directors and those guys who are actually doing the planning and execution. So it's a trickle-down effect there. We have to talk to different levels. And then, first of all, the strategy has to be done at the top level, and then the execution has to happen. And then, finally, implementation, who is going to be the actual developers and the IT folks. So now I want you to sell it to me, right? I'm your colleague. We're actually on the same team. But why should I spend my time on it as someone not one of those CIOs or CTOs? But... Is it going to work out well for me, right? And I have very little time to do my job as is. Why should I do it? Let me ask you in that. So if you are not thinking about it, what is your future plan around your IT portfolio? Like, are you going to stay in the on-premises environment or what is your long-term goal? And how do you see your company going from today 
in another one year or like six months to one year. Got it. So I don't know. I'm new to this. I'm pretending to be new. I hope I'm not new. That'd be very embarrassing. So I would say that, first of all, the way of doing things, if you are confined to your on-premises with a bunch of servers that is not going to scale, you cannot add more users or your customers to your business. You cannot do the most modern types of apps. You cannot give data-rich applications. You cannot give, provide analytics. So nowadays, customers are looking at rich applications, like they have mobile applications, all those things. And if you are not looking at all those things, somebody else is going to provide a better customer experience and you will not be able to catch up. Well, that's cool. I'm convinced. I'm sold. So thank you very much. <laughs> I'm a soft sell. You're my friend. So you're helping me here. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> so I think it's really important to understand. Very often we talk about, I don't know, these top of mind sort of announcements for Microsoft and whether it be all these efforts around power tools and power toys or unifying desktop Windows apps with UWP or whatever. Pick any dimension that you want to pick at. And there's headlines around it. But I'm a sort of of the opinion from everything I know about CAF. It feels like a sort of workaday thing that really punches above its weight, right? I always love to tell this story. DevOps is my area. I love to tell the story that Microsoft, when I joined five or so years ago, was finally not struggling to create software at the speed and pace that we wanted to. And we weren't by no means at the level where we are right now. But it is because we're better at being in the cloud, because we're better at constructing things, better at just collaborating, better at coalescing individual pieces of code and capabilities into applications and services. I think this stuff punches way above its weight. It is enablement in the best sense of the word. And so thank you for coming on and talking about this. We're speaking to we, I sound so official, I, I'm speaking with cloud solutions architect Jay Kumar about the cloud adoption framework, and you should look into it. And it is A-K-A-M-S slash, what was the word? Adopt. Adopt. And I'm sure you'll be pleased you did it. Thank you, Jay. Thank you so much, Luis. You've been listening to Azure Success, the podcast by and for Azure professionals. You can visit our website, azure-success.com for show notes, helpful links, and other episodes, but also to leave your questions, comments, and suggestions. Thank you for listening.